0: Welcome to another Bible study adventure right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. We've been having such a wonderful time talking about the miracles of Jesus here in the book of John, the sixth chapter. And um, we're going to go into a part two tonight of what we started on on last week as Jesus was um, performing a miracle with the fishes and the loaves. If you're just joining us, we're in a series entitled The Miracle Man, and yes, Jesus is the Miracle Man. And it is our goal in this series to discover, to uncover, to reveal uh, how Jesus performed these miracles and as much as we can, and of course, how the people received them so that we may receive them ourselves and so that the Lord may use us uh, to impart a miraculous work in the lives of others. So, this is so awesome. Thank you so much for being with me in this journey. Well, this is part number six of the series, and I'm excited that you are here. Now, don't forget to go to our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can watch today's video and also hear the audio, uh, get access to the podcast, and so much more. Uh, So, check it out today at uh, kingdomrock.org. All right. So, let's go back into John, the sixth chapter and let's go into a part two of this. All right, let's go ahead and read it. It says this. We're going to read verses uh, 1 through 15, and then we'll go ahead and go further. All right, reads like this. John 6 verses 1 through 15. After these things Jesus went over the sea of Galilee, which is the sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus lifted up his eyes, and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread, that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. All right, awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, so I read to you verses 1 through 15 to get the, really the scope of this. But of course, when you get some time, go ahead and read the entire uh, book of John. Read or listen to the entire book of John, the sixth chapter that would give you some great context. One thing I want you to see, we didn't cover this on last week, uh, is actually verse number 15. Now this is wonderful. It says, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. You say, well, doesn't that sound like a, a good thing? You're going to make me king? Isn't that what Jesus is? He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, why wouldn't that, why would that be something bad? Let me tell you this. If man can make you a king, man can also dethrone you too. (laughs) They wanted him as a king for all the wrong reasons. And that's not what Jesus came to do. They want him to be the king of the fishes and loaves, to always supply their needs, but they weren't. They didn't see him as savior and Lord. They only saw him as provider. That's it. They didn't see him as anything else. And that's a danger that many people get into because remember at first they saw him in verse number two, it says, and a great multitude followed him because they followed him because they saw his miracles. Uh, which he did on them that were diseased. All right, so first of all, they, they followed him because they saw the signs and wonders and realized this man was a prophet. He was a spokesman from God and he had the power of God to back it up. But later on in the same chapter, they began to seek Jesus again. And Jesus said, hey, you guys are not seeking me or following after me because you saw the miracles, but because you ate bread and were filled. In other words, you are seeking after my provision. You're seeking after my hand, but not my heart, not who I truly am. Understand something. If you get someone's heart, you get everything that they have. Unfortunately, there are a lot of con artists in this world who understand that principle. If They can get your heart. They can get everything you have. You you freely give them your money. You freely give them this or that. You freely give it all to them if you have their heart. But also, we can see this, see this on the good note too. Uh, new parents and that baby comes, up, that baby comes along. Oh boy, they have your heart. You're willing to give everything. You just fell in love. You're willing to give everything. If someone has your heart, they have everything. But these people were not seeking the heart of God. They were seeking the hand of God. What can you do for me? What can you do for me? And that's not the arrangement that the father wants. But if you get his heart, if you seek the father's heart, You'll have everything else because he loves you that much to give it to give it to you. Amen. All right. So we stopped last time uh, at the question. Jesus asked them, oh, where can we buy? Uh, he's saying, in essence, I want to buy everybody lunch. Where can we buy the food there? And this he said, testing them because he knew what he would do. But remember, they all came to the conclusion we don't have enough to feed over 5,000 people. All we have is just a little boy's lunch, and we're going to look at that. As a matter of fact, well, let's take that up. Uh, let's take that up in verse number seven again. It says, Philip answered him, 200 pennyworths of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. It's, it's just not enough, Lord, just not enough. Verse number eight, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's brother, saith unto him, there is a lad here, a little boy here, uh, which hath five barley loaves and two fishes. Notice the next phrase. But what are they among so many? Now, there are over 5,000 people. The Bible records 5,000 men. But you know, there's some women here. Of course, there are children. Obviously, there are children because there's a little lad here, right? So best estimates, we could be talking about ten to 15,000 people here. Because normally there are a whole lot more women than there are men. So in this congregation, there are, again, best estimates between uh, 10 and 15,000 people, possibly even 20. I don't know. So the disciples said, hey, we got this. You know, and this young man is willing to give up his lunch. He was prepared, but obviously the rest of them were not prepared. He said, we got this. Now, that's something. Look at that one more time. I I just noticed that. Look at verse 9 again. It says, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two fishes, but what are they among so many? He has it. In other words, uh, the little boy had to release his lunch to them. They said he has it. What do you want to do with it? So obviously, they had to be in the transfer. The little boy had to release what he had For the Lord to multiply it, as we read a moment ago. This is wonderful. So um, let me give you these thoughts here. When you're facing a deficit, when you don't know what to do, you know you don't have what it takes, give God what you have. Give God what you have. The scripture says, don't despise the day of small things. Don't despise it. Even the greatest tree, the greatest red oak trees that would grow hundreds of feet, well, they started from a small seed. Don't despise the small things. Don't despise what you have. And this of course makes me think about, uh, second Kings, the fourth chapter, second Kings four, let's go ahead and read that second Kings four verses one and two. This is a, this is a thrilling account here. You can read the rest of this as well later on. So verse number four, rather verse one, the second Kings, the fourth chapter, verse one says this. Now, There cried a certain woman of the widows of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, unto Elisha, saying, thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen, to be slaves. In other words, uh, they're going to sell. They're going to take forcefully take my children and sell them as human slaves, sell them as slaves to pay the debt off. She didn't want that to happen. No, I'm sure we wouldn't want that either. So she's in dire need here. To say there was a deficit, and that's that's, um, that's incredible, right? There's a deficit. She had a debt, couldn't pay it, and now they were coming to take this away. What would she do? Look at verse number two. And Elisha um, said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in the house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Isn't that incredible, right? He said, all right, you have a great need. Second thing is, what do you have? Now going back to John, the sixth chapter, what do you have? All we have is a little Boys, lunch here, we have five loaves and two fishes, but what is that uh, to this great need that's ahead of me? You say, well, all I have is $5. All All I have is $20 and my bills are thousands of dollars. How can I meet this need? Here's the thing, there must be a transfer of what you have into his hands. There's got to be some way for you to get what you do have and get it into his hands because once it's in his hands, it's going to multiply, and that was the case here with the widow. He told her, "All right, you got this oil. Well, go and read the read the rest of when you when you get home uh, or when you get a chance." Second Kings, the fourth chapter, and you'll find that there was a miraculous duplication of oil in her home. So much she had she had so much oil from that one pot of oil she. Uh, ended up with so much oil that she uh, sold all the oil that she had, and there was more than enough money there, more than enough money to pay out the debt, and then her and her sons lived off of the rest. Isn't that awesome? Same case here in John the sixth chapter. After Jesus greatly multiplied the fishes and loaves, they had more than enough to satisfy everybody, fully satisfy everybody, and they they had left over uh, 12 baskets of fragments. Now that's just awesome. And that number 12, too, also is highly symbolic, by the way. They had 12 baskets of fragments left over. 12 is the number of uh, God's power or symbolizes, or uh, yes, symbolizes or signifies God's power and authority. And it also talks about uh, divine foundations. Well, how many children did Jacob have? He uh, he had 12, and those 12 children became 12 princes. And of course, eventually became 12 tribes of Israel. How many disciples did Jesus choose? 12. And in the book of Revelation, maybe the 14th chapter, I'm not sure. But the book of Revelation, uh, there were 12 foundations to the new city, to the new Jerusalem, the holy city. 12, 12, 12. So again, 12 talks about foundation. It talks about power and authority. So for the Lord to... Uh, institute this to have 12 fragments, 12 baskets left over, talked about, we can see the, we see it this way, the residue of the power and the authority of God all in that place. And this is just just wonderful. So there has to be a transfer of what you have into his hands. Don't despise the day of small things. Let's also talk about uh, Romans, Romans, the fourth chapter, Let's look at verse 18, 19, and 20. Let's talk about Abraham. Let's talk about Abraham because really, again, why is this miracle so important? Of course, for a number of reasons, but here the Lord shows us how that he has the ability to bridge the gap between your lack and his abundance. He has the ability to bridge the gap between your lack, your deficit, and his abundance. Remember, the Lord said he will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Again, in Psalm 23, the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. He has the full supply and we have lack. And when we come to the end of ourselves, we become a, a candidate to receiving all that he has. But we have to make a transfer of what we have into his kingdom. And we can do this by and through faith. Look at, look at what happened to Abraham here in Romans, the fourth chapter Romans 4, Verses 18 through 20, here's a part of Abraham's testimony. And it says this, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Listen to this, Abraham had no hope. (laughs) And we're gonna see this. Let's go ahead and read it. It said in verse 19, and being not weak in faith, He considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. All right. So to say that Abraham had no strength, again, is an understatement. He was about 100 years old. God promised him a child. 100 years old. I mean, things stopped working after a while. So he did not consider that, how old he was in his body. Didn't even think about it. He put it out of his mind and he didn't even consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Now grab a hold of this. Yes, we say she was old, I mean, well past, I think she was about 75 years of age here, well past childbearing age. The time of women had ended with her, so there was a deadness of her womb, but not only he didn't even consider her age and the deadness of her womb, he did not even consider the fact that she had never had any children. She was barren. She never had, not she had one or two and God's going to start up the factory again. No, she had never had any children. They never had any children. So why would Abraham think that at 75, she's going to have children now? (laughs) Come on. So the Bible says against all hope, he believed. He believed. Against everything, there was nothing, nothing, nothing that would have said that he, that this miracle would happen. But he still believed. Look at verse number 12. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Wow. He took hold of God's word. He took hold of God's word and he believed and he and he spoke and he declared and he praised God in the midst of it. His actions and his faith were saying, Father, you are faithful and I believe in your word. Wow. He didn't consider what he had. We can say it this way. He didn't consider uh, his bank account. He didn't consider the doctor's report. He didn't consider his credentials. He didn't consider his skin color. He didn't consider his social standing. All he knew was what God had promised him. Got it? That's the same thing for us today. We keep considering the problem. We give so much credence to the problem and so little honor and respect to the answer. And listen, when, you're, when the answer becomes bigger than your problem, you'll get that miracle. But if we keep proclaiming, if we keep, telling the, if we keep telling the Lord how big our problem is, Lord, it's so big, they're so big, the giants are so there, this and that. If we keep doing that, You know, we're not gonna receive what we need to receive from the Lord. God must be bigger. He must be magnified. Even in the midst of your pain, declare, Lord, you are my healer. You are my healer. In His Bible stripes of Jesus, I am healed. God, you are faithful. And give him praise for his faithfulness. Give him praise. Father, you're such a good healer. Lord, you're such a good provider. Hallelujah, right there in the face of it all, you testify that God is faithful and that God is able. Glory to God in the midst of it. That's what Abraham did. He didn't consider the weakness of his body, neither the deadness, the infertility of Sarah. No, he just considered the promises of God. So again, don't despise the small things. Don't despise what you have just put it in the hands of God and watch it multiply and increase the impact. Now look at verse number 10. This is wonderful. We're going to close this out and we can go into a part three and a part four on this, but look at verse number 10. Look what Jesus did. Jesus is saying here in essence, verse 10, get ready. Look at this. Uh, Verse 10 says, and Jesus said, make the men sit down, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. In other words, this was a move of faith, right? Jesus asked them, I told them, "Hey, I want to feed everybody what we got. Mm-hmm. When, when can we I mean, where can we buy it?" They said, "We don't have anything, Lord. We, I don't have enough to meet this need." Then he says, "Tell them all sit down." Now you're going to tell all those people to sit down. You're going to have to do something, because now they're in a position to receive. Now they're in expectation. God's about to do something. Now uh, they are preparing to receive from God. You got that? Oh, this is so wonderful. Can you see this? They have now prepared to receive from God. You said, well, you know what? We need more food in our food bank, but there's nothing here. Well, clean up the warehouse, get ready for it. (laughs) You said, well, I need another car. Well, clean up the garage, get ready for it. Hallelujah. You say, uh, I need a job. Well, buy you some new clothes for an interview. Praise God or or iron a shirt. Get ready for this increase because God's about to move. Prepare for your increase. Glory to God. You say, well, I'm in an empty church and nobody's here. Make sure sure the place is clean. Uh, Put out extra chairs. Prepare for the increase. Glory to God. I believe in the Lord for this money. We'll make plans of what you're going to do with it. Who are you going to pay and how this and that and the other. Prepare for the increase. Jesus told them, make them all sit down. I can just like some, hear some thunder, you know, and lightning. Hey, make them all sit down. God's about to move. Prepare for the increase. See, that's another word for us tonight, isn't it? Jesus says, prepare for the increase. Stop looking at the problem. Prepare for the increase. Once you... Give the Lord what you have. Now it's time to prepare for the increase. This is wonderful. Let's look at verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise the, of the fishes, uh, rather, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. So Jesus did it, right? He gave Look at the pattern here. Jesus took what they had in his hand, he multiplied, he gave it to the disciples, and the disciples gave it out to the people. See, that's God using us, using us to meet the needs of others. That's God working his miracle, using us, using us to work a miracle in the lives of others. Who had the fishes and loaves first? Of course, the Lord, well, the little boy, right? But didn't have enough for everyone. So the Lord took it in, and then it began to multiply from the Lord's hands, from Jesus's hands to the disciples. Now the disciples were carrying all of this, and the disciples had to give it out to the people. So those that are closest to God are really going to be first partakers of this thing first. And then the Lord will trust you to divide it to the others. Oh my goodness. When the Lord begins to multiply the wealth, can he trust you to divide it to the others, to give it to the others? Or will we just simply keep it all to ourselves? I believe the Lord will use those that, uh, we can say it this way, if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you, (laughs) glory to God. But it all started with something little, how they entrusted it in the Lord's hands, and he greatly multiplied it. This is wonderful. Look at verse 12, and when they were filled, He said unto the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. So the Lord's not wasteful. And they gathered the fragments. And of course, as we said last time, there were 12 baskets of fragments that were left over. Remnants, or we can say symbolizing God's power and authority, his government, government and the number of foundation. Oh, this is wonderful. 12 disciples, 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, 12 foundations of the holy city, Jerusalem, there in the book of Revelation, 12 is a very powerful number. So we see here how God uses power and authority, work this miracle to meet the needs of the people. So we're going to, I think we can conclude it there with that tonight as we conclude this uh, chapter, John chapter six. Now read on because there's a whole lot more there because it's not just uh, feeding the people that we're talking about here, because Jesus is actually giving them a bread from heaven. He said that I am the bread of heaven. Also in John the sixth chapter, he said, he that eats of this bread and drinks of my blood will live forever. So it's not just feeding the people that he's talking about here. He's actually showing them who he is. And remember this was the Passover celebration and Jesus is our Passover lamb. He's the one who gives his life so that we may live, so that we may be protected, so that we may be saved or delivered from the wrath of God. And that's what happened there in the first Passover. Praise God, the children of Israel were safe from the judgment of God going through the land because of the lamb's flesh uh, that they were eating in the house. And because of the lamb's blood that they were striking upon the doorposts and sideposts of their homes, they were safe from judgment, safe from the wrath of God because of the lamb. So this also, again, was the Passover feast or the Passover feast was nigh, was near. And Jesus was telling them, hey, I'm the Passover. I'm going to give you uh, my flesh in, in essence. And then later on in that chapter, it tells them about his blood and how he's going to save, heal and deliver and set them free. Yes, you can have a miracle from the Lord. And God is waiting to do that for you. But you've got to invest what you have into his hand. Praise God. So let me go ahead and just say a short word of prayer with you, and then we'll close out tonight. Thank you, Father, so much for this account here in the book of John, the sixth chapter. Lord, I do pray that you would show us what we have in our hand, what we have in our house, what you're willing to use to greatly multiply in our lives to produce this miracle, to bring us uh, what we need to fulfill uh, this deficit or this need in our lives. Lord, we thank you for being our good shepherd, we shall not want. And we thank you, Lord, for providing what we need in order to receive what we must have. Lord, we praise you for your faithfulness, and we thank you. We release this word into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, hallelujah. Well, you made it to the end of another Bible study adventure here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. We're gonna go into another part of the miracles of Jesus on next week. So make sure that you're here with us. Now, don't forget to go to our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can see today's video uh, or tonight's video whenever you're watching. And uh, you can also hear the audio part of it and get links to our podcast and so much more. So just log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and be blessed. Don't forget to click the contact button and leave us your prayer request and your comment. I would love, 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 love to hear from you. And if the Lord so leads you, uh, click the give button and giving to the ministry a little bit goes a long way. And we thank you so much for your either uh, one time gift or maybe you want to partner over several months. I don't know. But what you do? We thank you for it in advance. We love you guys and we're praying for you. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you. And so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. I'll see you on the next time.